Good morning, Brian. How are you doing? Hey, Scott. Good morning. It is Wednesday, January 15, 2020. This is the No BS Winners Podcast, episode number three. I am Brian Benito. This is Scott Johnson with me. Scott, how do they find you on social media? Uh, they can go to my Twitter page, at Sports, And they can also go to our uh, Twitter page for the podcast, at No BS Winners. And if anybody would like to send us a question um, via email, you can go to nobswinners at gmail.com. Perfect. They can find me at my underscore bankroll on Twitter. And I just want to talk real quick. If you can help us retweet um, the, the podcast, send any uh, DMs to me as well. My DM is open and just help us kind of grow a little bit. We certainly would appreciate that. Scott, let's go right into it. In the news yesterday, a little bit deeper Alex Cora from the Red Sox gets fired. And let's kind of talk about that for a few minutes. Give me, give me, you were saying it was a little deeper. Beltran was involved. Go ahead and, and, and enlighten us on that. Yeah. I mean, the more, the more that's coming out about this, you know, the more people that are starting to be involved. So yeah, as you know, Alex Cora and Boston decided to mutually part ways, but I think they both know what's coming. And, mm-hmm. you know, now it's out that Carlos Beltran, um, Alex Cora devised this whole whole scheme, and and mostly it was you know for Carlos Beltran when it originally start started. So um, you know Carlos Beltran might be looking at some uh, trouble here also. Uh, but Alex Cora, you know this this cheating thing that the the commissioner needs to come down hard, needs to come down swift, and I believe needs to ban Alex Cora from baseball for life. I think that's the only way the message is going to get across that this is not going to be accepted in baseball. I mean, the old-fashioned way, stealing signs with your eyes, trying to pick up tendencies that way. I don't think anybody has a problem with that. But when you're using technology to gain an advantage, um, you're taking the skill out of it. There's no more skill. It's just cheating. And I, you know, Pete Rose, the all-time great, you know, in hits, isn't in the Hall of Fame, isn't in Major League Baseball. And this is way worse than what Pete Rose did as far as I'm concerned. So, I, I hope the commissioner does the right thing here and does ban Alex Gore for life and everybody else that was involved. I hope he comes down swift on them also. You know, and that's, to, to me, that's amazing. I, I didn't, this is news to me. And I, I glanced over the story. I saw a little bit on, on sports center last night, got me thinking about Pete Rose and uh, just got me thinking about Alex Cora. Right. So it starts out with, with uh, dumpster with, with garbage cans getting banged on. He goes over to the Red Sox. You hear about the, the Apple Watch thing. And so this man is spending a, a, a huge amount of time developing his cheating system. Essentially, that's what it was, and that's what he was doing. He's a beneficiary of a guy. He's a beneficiary of two World Series championships, one with the Astros and then one right after that with the Red Sox when he went over there. So you have Pete Rose commenting on it, which I read that quote, and – Obviously, this benefits Pete Rose because Pete Rose is out of it because he, he lied. He gambled on his own team and he lied. But to me, it's just the yin and yang of value. Pete Rose, although he did gamble, he did bet on his games, he was betting to win, which still is unacceptable. But the man is the all-time hit, hits leader. That's value. That is, that is a man who showed and inspired a ton of kids what to do. Alex Cora, instead of giving value, he took the value from the, from the league. 
from the teams that he was on. He now the both World Series championships have have are tainted essentially because of. To me, yeah, if I'm a team, I'm not touching him. If I'm Major League Baseball, I'm banning him. And this brings, you know, Pete Rose. I, I think this kind of elevates Pete Rose a little bit just because he's not the only guy doing things wrong. And, and, and it's just a, a real black eye for Major League Baseball, especially with the, with the, with the season just a, a, like a couple of months away. So I, I believe that this is, you know, I, I, you're not going to hear the last of this. This is just beginning, I think. I think more stuff's going to come out. But I think Beltran being involved, yeah, he might have something coming down too. Yeah, and like I said, I just I hope the commissioner does the right thing and makes the punishment severe enough that this gets out of baseball. And, you know, as long as there's competition, there's going to be cheating. I mean, people are always going to be pushing that edge and looking for that edge. But, you know, you have to do things under the rules. Push every edge under the rules, that's fine. But you, you can't go outside the rules. Yeah, agree with you. Okay, so let's move on and recap last night's action. Uh, you had another good night. Talk to me about it. Yeah, so on my twitter page at scojo az sports i started a daily card on monday that i've been posting on there and so the last two days i'm uh, nine and three overall yesterday i had a five and one night um i had richmond um memphis and uh nba i had the phoenix and atlanta over and then in hockey i had uh, columbus on the money line plus 115 and edmonton on the money line plus 105 so i'm on a 4-0 nba run right now 4-0 nhl run so, wow. like I said, go to my go to my Twitter page. I'm posting those daily right now um, at Scojo AZ Sports, and you can check that out. Yeah, listen, I follow it. I see it. I saw those green check marks. I like what I see, and you're really killing it right now. So that's awesome. Last night I had the Hawks plus three. We talked about it yesterday on the podcast. Uh, Hawks come out, win it outright, and I and I knew they would. I didn't play a money line because I I just didn't. But uh, I felt real strong with the three. Trey Young comes back, and he's just knocking things down from all over the place. Just filthy. But he had, the, he had the, the previous game off. He comes in rested, and he just kills it. So I feel good about that. Going forward, we'll talk about what we think a little bit later in the podcast here. Let's move along, though. We have the uh, – I read this morning while I was sipping my coffee, uh, Indiana sports betting took in $436 million in bets in four months, which is huge. So – with that in mind, I started thinking, okay, are these guys winning or losing? I didn't go that deep into it, uh, but with betting growing, sports betting growing on, on a broad scale, and again, to your point yesterday, you said it'll be in every state within five years or less, and I believe, yes, less is, is, is the proper answer there. So inside of, like, say, two years, almost every state, I believe, will be at least legalized in, if not functioning just yet. So wanted to talk about betting edges. Tell me this. Because I think about this all the time. I'm in the business. I have clients that 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 have no issue paying for winners. Why would somebody who's betting games pay a handicapper for their plays? You know, that's a great question, and that's a question I get all the time too. You know, a lot of friends and a lot of people I know that are just you know novice bettors, and they 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 like to gamble. They gamble every day. They gamble during the football season. You know, why why should I pay somebody uh, for winners? And I was I ran across an article. And in the NFL, since 2005, if you bet every NFL favorite, your record would be 1859, 1860, and 111. So huh. the guys in Vegas know what they're doing. They, they know exactly no, no what doubt. they're doing. Right. And because of the juice on that 50% win rate, when you're betting the favorite since 2005, you actually would have lost 78 and a half units. So 
what a lot of people don't understand in Vegas is, is that number that they put out there, you know, the point spread. So one team is favored by three and a half points. Well, obviously you can't win by three and a half points, right? But they put the spread out there at three and a half points. Vegas is obligated. Uh, what they're trying to do is they're trying to get even amount of bets on each side of that number. So their job is to put a number out there where they think they're going to get 50% of the bets on the favorite, 50% on the dogs, because then they collect the juice. So that's their goal is to get 50-50. So these guys have supercomputers. They know what they're doing. They put numbers out there to get the public to bet on each side. So why would mm-hmm. you pay a handicapper? Because people like you and people like me, we spend four to six to eight hours a day pounding away at spreadsheets, looking for edges in games. Um, so that's that's my answer. That's why you would you would come to somebody like yourself or to me and, and pay the money to get our opinion on what we think is going to happen. Right. And, and I, I agree with you 100% on that. That is absolutely true. They put the spread out there looking for action on both sides. Now, sometimes they're even sharper than that. Sometimes they know the final score based on, you know, computer uh, simulations and numbers that they're running. And so uh, my take is this, though. I've been doing this for a long time. I have clients who have been with me for a couple of years. Uh, some clients have just been with me for a couple of months. And so with my experience, I will tell you that I look at it like, look, you have a lawsuit on you. Someone's taking you to court. You're not going to fight your own case. You're going to go get someone who specializes in whatever uh, lawsuits is a malpractice lawsuit. You know, you're going to get a malpractice attorney. You're getting a divorce. You're going to get a divorce attorney. You're getting someone who specializes in that field to do it. If you get injured, you're going to go to the doctor. You're not going to treat yourself at your house um, unless, you know, unless you're a doctor, unless you know what you're doing. So, yeah, there is an opportunity for handicappers to get information, to look at numbers and to to try to make educated guesses. But in my experience over an extended period of time, if someone's going to be betting every day because that's what they do. Generally speaking, they hire a professional or someone who knows a lot more than they do in their field. Otherwise, they're going to wind up losing games. And, and a lot of guys come you know, to realize this over time. You know, I work with consultants. I have doctors. I have people that put uh, up to $5,000 on games uh, that I give them based on the trust they have in me because I have a proven track record. And they realize that, hey, you know. I'm not going to give them, let's say during Major League Baseball, Red Sox minus 300. That's not something. They can do that on their own. You don't need me for that. You need me to find the most value for your dollars, and that's what I do, and that's why guys hire me. So uh, I agree. Listen, 3,600 games, and you're one game uh, away from 500 even, that's that's ridiculous, those stats you just gave out. Yeah, no, it's – like I said, they, you know, the, the odds makers are, are really good at what they do. So we need to even be better. And you're talking about value. So you had Atlanta last night. Now, you didn't play the money line. But what what a handicapper is going to tell you, you you liked Atlanta last night. You probably gave them, what, uh, 40, 50, maybe 60 percent chance to win that game. So yes. if we're if we're giving you money line uh, plays like last night, I had Memphis plus six and a half. I had Memphis on the money line plus 180. I had Richmond plus five and a half. I had Richmond on the money line plus 180. You know, I had Texas A&M on the money line at plus 245. And I had Pittsburgh on the money line at plus 150. So I had, I had these, these are positive plays for you. So when you're, when you're putting your money down, you're getting more money. You're not paying the juice. That's where the value comes in when you're paying someone like yourself and myself to give you these plays is we're looking for the best price 
for you to make money. We're like you said, we're not here to give you the Yankees versus you know a high school team at m- minus five hundred. That's not our job. <laughs> our job is to make you money to give you the best value for your money, and that's why you go to a handicapper. That's why you find somebody you trust and find somebody you know is spending their time pounding and crunching numbers. Yeah, and transparency is huge. You know, and I, I always do that. You've seen my videos. I, my goal is, hey, look, you're gonna you're gonna take some losses, but transparency, honesty, someone you could talk to, someone you know is giving you the straight shit. You know, and someone who's who is on the level with you 24 twenty four Every time they talk to you, you can you can expect honesty out of them. And there's not a lot that goes around. This is this industry itself, the handicapping industry, is filled with shady characters and. At times, you can find yourself lost through the hype. The hype can get you to look somewhere. Generally speaking, though, when someone wins, when a, when a, when a proven handicapper wins, uh, be quite honest, that's like just another day at the office. You, you don't get too excited because you're expecting to win the games. And to your point um, the other day, if you treat it like a business, it'll pay you like a business. And if you treat it like a, a weekend thing, it's going to pay you like a weekend thing. So you want to invest your money and you want to align yourself with professionals, people that you can count on that, you know, are on the level. And there's not a lot of that, but, but we wanted to talk about that because sports betting is just, it's just exploding everywhere. And uh, we want to continue to educate. And that's what this, this podcast really, we're trying to spread awareness. We're trying to get uh, feedback and it's all about finding winners. And that's what we're here to do. So appreciate your comments on that, Scott. Let's move along. I, I got a, uh, a direct message from somebody on Twitter yesterday, actually a buddy of mine. He's, he said, listen, a lot of these guys don't know the terms that, that some of these uh, players use. So can you do kind of a betting 101 for, for some of the newbies? So I'm going to shoot the terms out to you. You give me the definition. I'll, I'll close with it, and I'll go to the next term. Does that sound good? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Let's talk about what is plus EV. Plus EV is expected value. So, you know, when you're making a bet bet or a pick, there's an expected value on that play. So that's what positive EV means. Okay. And I agree. And you want to try to get positive EV uh, on on every play that you're doing, if you can, if you can. And and a lot of these guys, they put together a bunch of money line. uh, When you see these parlays, this this is – these, this actual, this ad I forgot to mention came, comes from Mikey Jones Sports. So that's M-I-K-E-Y-J Sports. That's on Twitter, at Mikey J Sports. Okay, so uh, every time, you know, he ta- he's a parlay guy. So when he bets parlays, he's looking to get a plus EV on the parlay, and he does that by, by stacking uh, favorites, uh, money line favorites on parlays. He does that sometimes. Um, and I don't know his full – his full output of what he does, but generally speaking, he tries to get a positive EV on that or close to close to even. Um, next, next one, hook. What's a hook? A hook is usually when you hear somebody say, "I lost by the hook." That's when you have a point spread of, you know, three and a half, four and a half. And let's say you had the favorite at four and a half. That means that that team needs to win by five. They won by four, so you lost by the hook. Okay, very good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, how about key numbers? Uh, key numbers, I'm going to go ahead and throw that back to you, Brian. I, I don't have that on my notes, so I don't know. Um, or are you talking okay. about like in, in football, like a key number? Like Yeah, yeah. exactly. So 
you know, in football, there are key numbers. There's like three, seven, 10, you know, the, these are key numbers in, in football and uh, you know, field goals worth three touchdown is worth six. The extra point makes it seven, you know, seven and three is 10. So these are key numbers in football that you're looking at. And when you're looking at point spreads, you know, seven and a half, depending on, you know, if you're on the dog, that's a good number, seven and a half. If you're on the favorite, that's a bad number. So those are, that's, that's what I, I look at when I'm uh, looking at key numbers in football. Right. Right. Uh, and, and that's true. You know, if you got a hook and it's on a favorite and you're playing the favorite, the hook is against you generally speaking. And, and that just goes to uh, uh, the public play. Uh, let's say that the, the Patriots, you're always going to be plus the hook. And um, the if you land on the number, you're losing by a hook. And, and generally speaking, if, if, they release a play and you have a, a three and a half, you know, and the key number is obviously three, but four is also a key number. And then you go up to six and seven, eight and, and 10 and 11. So it, to me, I look at them, but I don't, yeah, if it's seven and a hook, I'm, 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 I'm going to probably avoid playing minus seven and a half. That's going to scare me off that. If, if I have a, a seven point game, if I'm projecting a seven point game, it's going to scare me off that for football. And I, if I'm going to do anything, I'll probably tease the game or play the dog. And that's how I'll go with the hook. Let's go into a term that you used yesterday on the podcast, hedging. So what is hedging and how do you generally hedge, Scott? Um, I'm, I'm not a big guy on hedging. I mean, I do it every once in a while, but I'll normally do it on um, parlay plays for myself. Um, so, you know, if I have a three or four team parlay, uh, and I usually play money line parlays is how I do it. So if I like three or four dogs that day that I think have a pretty good chance at winning that game, I'll, I'll put them in a parlay. And normally what I try to do in a parlay is I try to pick a couple of games in the morning, maybe a game in the middle, and then a game at night. So if I hit those first three games, and let's say I played a $100 parlay that is going to pay, if it hits, it's going to pay $5,000. So when I get to that last game, if I've hit the first three, now I have a decision to make. Yeah, I've got a $100 investment. And if that fourth team wins for me, I'm going to win $5,000. However, I could bet the other side of that game and guarantee myself a profit. So if I wanted to guarantee myself a $1,000 profit, I, you know, I could bet appropriately to make sure I won $1,000 on the other side of that bet. So that's, that's how I understand hedging. That's how I do it. Um, I don't normally do a lot of it. But because I don't play a lot of parlays myself, I'm more of a straight bet guy. But uh, that's how that's how I understand hedging. And that's and that's what I do. And that sounds good. I have a friend in in Vegas. And when I lived there, I lived there for 40 years. I, I live in Colorado now. But I, you know, we, we, we place bets and he's in. And, and when we had, let's say, a two team parlay that had some some time in between. So you put a big money parlay in. And the first game wins, and, and he's like, listen, I'm going to go hedge this. I'm like, why, why are you going to hedge it? You know, but if there's an hour and a half between a game time, let's say college college football, NBA, whatever, let's say you have a late game with the Kings on the West Coast and you've already won, uh, you know, an early game on the East Coast with the, with the Boston Celtics, he would always want to hedge when it, came to base, when it comes to baseball, same thing, East Coast, West Coast. you got a lag time, and you win those uh, that first game, the first two games, he'd want to go hedge. Myself – I'll hedge if it's if it's a big payoff, but if not, I'm just gonna let it ride. I, I'm not a big hedger like you. Um, in certain situations, I will just to book profit to make sure I get paid back, 
and um, or just to get your bet, bet your bet money back. But I'm not looking to hedge a whole bunch. I'm looking for if I'm putting a parlay in, I believe that these teams are going to win. And if I'm three or four and the fourth game starts in an hour, I might go get my bet back, like you said, uh, and just go the other side for the for the uh, for the money back to make sure you don't lose the bet that you placed. But I'm looking to get full reward on it. Right or wrong, that's the way I do it. Because when I when I look for when I look at games, when I'm hand when I'm handicapping games, I always try to project the final score. And you know, a, a lot of times I'm wrong, and, and sometimes I'm right. But ultimately, if I believe in these teams and I'm going to put a four team parlay together, uh, I'm not going to hedge that. I'm, I'm just not. But I, I will get my money back. I'm just not going to. I'm not going to take from my profits. And that's that may be kind of weird to say, but I mean that's just the way I do it. It's the way I've always done it anyway. So. Um, so good there. Those are the terms. Uh, appreciate that. Let's go uh, one more level down with the betting 101. What tools or websites do you use on a daily basis, and how do you use them, Scott? Um, I usually wake up early in the morning. I'm, I've usually started the day before the, the night, you know, the night before for the next day. Uh, when I wake up in the morning, um, you know, for college basketball, I use Ken Palm. I think that's an incredible tool. Um, you know, I don't look at his projected scores so much, but I look at all the numbers on there. I use a lot of those numbers for my spreadsheet. Um, and then I've got a bunch of, you know, I go to the athletic, um, I go to a lot of news outlets. I'm reading on teams, you know, looking to see is anybody injured, um, suspended, um, you know, looking at what their schedule was, is this the, you know, second night of a back to back, how long have they been on the road? You know, I'm, I'm writing all that stuff down. I'm putting that on my, uh, on my spreadsheet, and then usually I, you know, I, I get it dialed down to, um, you know, I, I probably bet more games than you do on a daily basis, but I, I'll get on a busy day. I usually get it nailed down to about 20 games that I'm looking at, and then I'll just really concentrate on those games. Um, but that's how I use, you know, websites and, and information. That's, that's my routine daily. Okay. So let me ask you just a question about that before I go into what I use. So let's say there's, let's say it's a Saturday college basketball. So you got a gazillion games. How do you, how do you, are you honing in on from your own sheets? Are you going, are you going larger school games? How are you getting those first 20? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, no, uh, you know, in college there's 353 teams. So um, on a Saturday there, there could be a hundred games. So I, you know, first of all, as the season progresses, there's teams that I watch a lot. It's not necessarily big, big name teams, but there's teams that I like because they're really consistent they're you know they've got good coaches they play the same system you can pretty much count on them doing the same thing all the time so i have teams that i like to watch um but for the most part i you know we were talking about positive ev you know i'm looking i'm looking at games where i think you know maybe a home dog has a chance to win you know good example was this last saturday indiana was you know they were getting three at home against ohio state um, to me, that was just a really good spot. So I'm going to, I'm going to look at that game. Uh, I'm going to make sure, you know, everybody's playing, nobody's hurt, you know, that something didn't happen that they had a game, you know, two nights before instead of three nights before, you know, th- those are all things that I'm looking at. Um, but that's, you know, that's how I hone it. You know, like you said, college basketball has got a lot of games. So that's kind of like, I, I have a process, you know, I can sit here and talk about it for two hours, but, you know, I've got an Excel, uh, spreadsheet i i put all my numbers in and when i put all my numbers in i i get you know uh, highlights and then i'll start looking at that game so um i can quickly you know get rid of a lot of the games that aren't you know worth looking at for me 
it, it for my formula for the way I do things. Um, if I don't have that highlight on my Excel spreadsheet, then, you know, I just move on. I don't even look at it. Right. Uh, for myself, what I do is I update my spreadsheets. Obviously there's, there's less teams in the NBA and, you know, you have anywhere from four to, to, to 12 games a night. So what I do is I'll update the spreadsheets the night before I'm looking, I am looking while I'm watching the night before I'm on my phone, I have my iPhone in front of me and I'm just, I'm just perusing numbers um, from the previous games for these teams as I look at the schedule the next day. And what I do is I go, uh, I open my laptop in the evening and I'm looking at my spreadsheets to try to give me indicators if, uh, you know, this team's numbers are showing that it's going to have a big day, uh, an average day, you know, a crappy day, what, what, they're, what they're doing, what the numbers are doing. So I'm looking deep in the numbers and the numbers are showing, you know, upward, downward trends, uh, flat trends, and what I'll try to do then, once I have an idea who's playing and what I might be looking at, what I'll do is I'll, I'll pull up, uh, I'll pull up uh, Sports Insights, you know, and I'll look at that. And if I'm looking for something that, that, that I need, if I'm looking for a direction for one play, like uh, we're going to give away a play of the day here coming up. So last night I'm looking at Sports Insights and I'm like, okay, wh- what are we looking at here? And, and I see some overvalued favorites. And I always look for overvalued favorites because in the NBA, the most popular favorites are always overvalued. Now, if they're playing really well, they may continue to cover. If they've slipped up a little bit and, you know, they're, they're a little uneven for this period, today, yesterday, the day before, et cetera, um, I'll look to go against them based on what I see with the public on Sports Insights. And once I see – and this is just to get this play of the day right here. This, this is what I'm doing. I'm looking at, at an overvalued favorite and I'm looking at an undervalued dog and I'll, I'll run through the numbers and I'll crunch them. I'll take a look at Don best and I'll, I'll kind of look for discrepancies in lines that I like to do that have proven to me uh, that my, my research is, 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 you know, is in fact on spot on and I'll come back to the spreadsheet. I'll calculate some stuff and I'll make a move. And it's a process of – it's an intuitive process, but it's, it's, it includes every number I'm looking at. So it, it's kind of – it's just it's, – it's like a, your own DNA. Like you, you form these processes, and you, you just intuitively get better and better at them by using numbers, by using indicators, by seeing patterns. And that's how I usually pick a game. But I use Sports Insights. I like it. I use Don Best, um, uh, Vegas Insider. I'm on that too. Uh, if, if I see a trend that supports me even better, but I don't look for trends. And so that's kind of how I do it. So, um, I know I was all over the place on that, but back to the point is, you know, it it all comes back to the numbers. Once you see the indicators, let's move on to, um, today's games since we're talking about that and let's talk about, uh, your play of the day for these guys. Yeah. So I'm looking in the pack 12, um, I love the Pac-12 conference. I, you know, live in Arizona. I'm a Arizona State Sun Devil. I'm a season ticket holder for the basketball team, so I'm at all the home games there. But uh, in the Pac-12 tonight, we've got Stanford at UCLA. So that's the game I'm looking at tonight. Um, I am going to have a play on this game. I still got a little bit of work to do on it, um, but I'm leaning heavily towards Stanford. Uh, there's just a few more things that I've got to dial down, but that's that's where I'm going with my play of the day today. Okay. Hey, quick question. What's, what's more fun to go to an ASU game or the Phoenix Suns? Uh, for me, well, for me right now, 
ASU because they're they're playing better. Uh, they've been you know they've been to the tournament the last two years. Uh, Bobby Hurley's there, and he's you know he's got the the fan base uh, riled up, and so those you have a lot more energy at the at the ASU games. I mean, I I like Suns games. I'm a you know I've I've lived here my whole life in Arizona, so I mean the Suns was my first love, and you know what Sarver's done to that team the last ten. 15 years is criminal. Um, so, you know, I've, I, I've kind of lost a lot. I mean, I still root for the Suns all the time. I, I love them to death. But, um, yeah, right now, ASU is a lot more fun to go to. I, I agree. Well, since Steve Young – I mean, Steve Nash, pardon me. Since Steve Nash retired, it just it just hasn't been the same. But that was an exciting four, five, six years when he was there. Um, to myself, uh, you know, I'm looking at the Rockets-Blazers game. So – Rockets take the L yesterday from the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies took it from them. Blazers hang on to beat the Hornets their last game. They're coming on the road. And, you, you, you know, it's just – it's eight and a half points. I'm taking the Blazers with the eight and a half. I'm, I looked at it. I feel good about it. I don't feel the Rockets are playing their best right now. They're coming off a of back-to-back where they lost. Sure, they're going to go home and they're going to want to avenge uh, that poor play they had on the road. But – I still feel that uh, the Blazers will be rested. They'll be able to put up enough, enough points, and I think they'll definitely stay inside the eight and a half, and I'll be playing the Blazers plus the points. I think the, the Rockets right now are overvalued, and they're not just, you know, they lost in OKC uh, a few games ago, and I, I just don't think they're right, and I don't think they explode tonight. I think the Blazers are able to keep it close. So I'm going to take the eight and a half based on what I see with the numbers. Um, before we head out of here, we're having uh, – let's talk about this. This We're going to make a contest announcement on Monday. So we're going to do a contest, and you have to be a follower of the podcast on Twitter. And we're going to give an instruction on how to do it. But we're excited about something that we don't feel has been done before. And it's gonna, we're going to give one of, our cha- one of our listeners a chance to win a lot of money. A lot of money. It could turn into a lot of money. So, um, you excited about that, Scott? Tell, talk to a little bit about without giving it away. We'll give it away on Monday, but talk a little bit about it. Yeah, no, I am excited about something that we brainstormed and talked about, and uh, I think it'll be fun. So, yeah, I'm definitely excited about it. Um, over the weekend, we should have um, our YouTube channel up and our Instagram channel up. Uh, we already have our Twitter page going. So, yeah, we're we're gonna want everybody to go to our Twitter page and like it go to our Instagram page and like it and go to the YouTube because we're working towards, like I said, this, this podcast, we wanted to keep going. We wanted to do it daily Monday through Friday and we want to get on YouTube so you can see our, our beautiful faces uh, so we can be <laughs> side by side and uh, we'll do a side by side video. Yeah. Yeah. So you can see, you know, who's talking and, and, and put a face to the uh, voice. So uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. Um, I'm excited about this podcast. I'm excited about the future of sports betting and, um, I'm looking forward to helping people. Yeah, absolutely. Look, this stuff is only going to get bigger. We're right in front of it right now. Sure. It seems big now. It's just going to get ridiculous over the next three to five years over the top. I mean, we're talking about, you know, internet big. So, so it's going to be just, it's going to explode. Everybody's going to be involved in it. So you want to get behind, and we want to have a following that, that, you know, we feel great about. And we're working on that right now. We want to continue to give good t- content to our listeners. We want to continue to grow our audience. And we want to get on video, right, do a side-by-side uh, video podcast that we can broadcast on YouTube on a daily basis at 30, 35 minutes, just giving away the best of what we think 
uh, people might be able to use, but we don't know what everybody wants to, what everybody wants to hear. So uh, that, going back to the feedback one more time, if you can uh, post on, on, uh, on Twitter at no BS winners and leave a comment, let us know what you'd like to hear, send feedback at no BS winners at Gmail. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Send an email there. If you, if you can't uh, leave a comment on Twitter, send me a DM at my underscore bankroll on Twitter. Send Scott a DM at Scojo AZ sports uh, on Twitter. And we just kind of build from here. Well, we got a big, uh, big announcement coming on Monday. We appreciate you tuning in today, Scott. I appreciate you. Uh, I thought this was pretty good. We, we moved through a, little, a few technical difficulties, but uh, this is our third episode. Yeah. Looking forward to the fourth. All right, man. You have a good day and I'll chat with you a little later. All right. Talk to you later, Brian. All right. Bye-bye.